1: We are blessed to have you join us today. God gives us everything we need to meet the challenges and enjoy the victories in our earthly lives. He assures us that he will not allow us to be tempted above our ability to resist the temptation and that he will give us a way to escape it. Why then do we repeatedly lose the battle over temptation? Listen closely with Bible pen and paper handy as Pastor Rander ministers to us on how we can win the battle over all kinds of temptations.
2: Believers guard themselves against being victimized by Satan by setting their mind on things above. Setting their minds on things above and not of the world. Colossians chapter 3 verse 2 says, set your mind, your thinking, your heart on things that are above. Heavenly things, kingdom things, the things of God, not on the things Of this world. Of this world. We're to live life on another whole sphere. Another whole level. If you're going to stand against temptation, you must not allow yourself to be distracted by the world. You must not allow yourself to be distracted by Satan. You must not allow yourself to be distracted by business. Not even your weaknesses. Your own personal weaknesses can be a distraction against the call of God upon your life. My weaknesses. Now, we all have weaknesses. Don't you say, I don't have a weakness? You do. You have a weakness. You have, you have more than one. And, uh, and as you grow in Christ and search yourself and sit in his presence, God will begin to reveal your weaknesses so that you can identify them and work on yourself. And you can't work on yourself if you're busy looking at other folk issues instead of addressing the concerns of your own life. <laughs> To keep yourself from being victimized by Satan, you must be determined to maintain a kingdom mindset. Say kingdom mindset. mindset. And keep your focus on Christ. Number three, uh, to guard against being victimized by Satan and temptation, you must take captive every satanic thought at the point of entry into your mind. If young people who are in college and and uh, teenagers who are graduating high school can, can just live by this principle. You'll have a successful life. To guard against being victimized by Satan and temptation, you must take every thought, every thought, every satanic thought at the point of entry into your mind. Second Corinthians 10, 5b says, and we take captive every thought to make it obedience to Christ." Satan will put thoughts on your mind, and then it's up to you to cast that thought out in the name of Jesus, not receive it. Don't let it catch root. You know when a thought is demonic in nature, and you can't play around with it. You play around with it. Don't let your mind become the devil's camp. A stronghold will be set up, and it'd be quite difficult to uproot that thought once it becomes a stronghold. Don't let it take root become stronghold in your mind and cause you to yield to temptation. It starts with that demonic thought. Do you realize what tears up of marriages oftentimes is demonic thoughts. Satan can put a thought in the wife's mind and the poor man, and she just put that thought. You, you, you know what you've been doing. You're doing something. And she just, she just go there. And he said, what are you talking about? Where did that come from? Came from uh, or the husband. You know, jealous and this and that. And he just put thoughts. You, you, you just speak to another lady. Say, how are you doing? Y'all? I'm doing fine. And he said, were well, you flirting? The thought, you flirting. Just, and you got, you got the biggest fight going home. You know, somebody thought coming here and can't receive the message because Satan planted a thought. And they came in here and just said, uh, good morning. <laughs> but Satan is a specialist and putting satanic thoughts in our minds against those we love the most to tear up our relationship. And sometimes the wisest thing you can ask your spouse or child or friend or coworker, you they say something you ask, where did that thought come from? You can ask them this is that thought that you've just spoken, is that of God or is that from Satan? And if it's from Satan, then why are you saying it? You see, you see you, it's just asking questions in love, in the spirit of Christ, to make people think. Number four, you guard against Satan and temptation by refusing to allow your mind to become a playground for enticing thoughts and devilish activities. You guard against Satan and temptation by refusing to allow your mind to become a playground for enticing thoughts and devilish activities. Ephesians chapter 6 verse 17 says, and take the helmet of salvation and the word of the spirit, which is the word of God. The purpose of the helmet it says, take on look, and take on the helmet of salvation and take on the helmet of salvation. The the, the professional football players, the the college football players, the high school football players, they don't play the game without their helmet on. And if it it gets knocked off, before they play again, they, they secure the helmet to keep their head from being injured to protect the mind. And you need the helmet of salvation to protect your mind from the attacks of the enemy. The purpose of a helmet of salvation is to protect your mind against all the satanic darts that will attempt to penetrate your thinking. But if you have on a helmet of salvation, those thoughts can't do what they desire to do. Should you become spiritually negligent and not have on the helmet of salvation. Your mind will become vulnerable. For enticing thoughts. And devilish activities. Because you don't have the helmet of salvation. Secured on your body. Particularly your mind. And the sword of the spirit. Says the scripture. And the sword of the spirit. What is the sword of the, sword of the spirit? Is the word of God. Which is your offensive weapon to be used to fight and thwart off satanic darts because they can even come against your minds as well so you have a weapon the weapon is the sword of the spirit and it's the word of god this is how you fight satan successfully you fight him on the authoritative word of the living god you quote the scriptures you read the scriptures you meditate on the scriptures you stand by the scriptures The word of God is what you need to use, must use, if you're going to win the battle in spiritual warfare. When Jesus was tempted, he fought Satan with the word of the living God. Number five, to keep yourself from being victimized by Satan, you must draw near the Savior. You must draw near the Savior to keep from being victimized by Satan. James chapter 4 verse 8 says, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. Beloved, the further you are away from Christ, the more inclined you are to fall into temptation. Get away from God. Get away from his church. Just wander off, meander around without a spiritual covering over your life. Then you'll find yourself uh, being... um, Tempted and vulnerable for the enemy. Satan loves to detach people from the body of Christ so that he can seize his opportunity to do even more due damage. The days are too evil and Satan is too busy for you to be drifting away from the Lord. Be mindful. You resist temptation by staying near the Savior. I pose a question to you. How close are you to God? Do you have intimacy with the Lord? Do you love the Lord enough to talk to him, to sing to him, to think of his goodness to you? Staying near the Savior keeps us from being victimized by the enemy. Uh, Number six, to keep ourselves from being victimized by Satan, we must resist every temptation from him. To keep ourselves from being victimized by Satan, we must resist every temptation from him. James 4, 7b says, resist the devil. Resist the devil and he will flee, run from you. Be mindful. To be tempted by Satan is not a sin. Satan just tempted me to lie. If you didn't lie, you didn't sin. Okay? Rather, it is yielding to the temptation that is sinful. It is yielded. It's not the sin. We're all going to be tempted. It is not. Jesus was tempted. The sin is not in the temptation. The the sin is in the yielding. The devil will continue to come at us. Listen closely. The devil will continue to come at us and we use every resource. Say every every resource. Satan will use every resource at his disposal to get us to yield to temptation He even changes his strategies to confuse us, to get us to fall into sin. Therefore, we must recognize his schemes and resist them. I can see when Satan's moving. I can see where he's coming from. I can just listen to folk because I listened in the spirit and I know where they are coming from. How do we overcome temptation? How do we overcome temptation and then we'll be done? How do we overcome temptation? Number one, if you are not a born-again believer, then you do not have the Spirit of God living within you who will empower you to resist and overcome temptation. You need the Holy Spirit in you. You have to be born again. The Spirit of God living within you who will empower you to resist and overcome temptation. If if you're not a born-again believer then Satan is going to wreak havoc in your life because you don't have Christ, the hope of glory, living in you. John chapter 3, verse 3 says, Jesus answered and said to him, Most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Do you know without a doubt that you'll say without a doubt and all the demons and false doctrines of this world system can't make you a doubt the validity of your salvation? Romans 8, chapter 8, verse 9 says, You, however, are not in the flesh, but in the spirit, the Holy Spirit, if in fact the spirit of God dwells in you. Anyone who does not have the spirit of Christ does not belong to him. We are saved by the spirit of God. We are regenerated by the spirit of God. We are sealed by the spirit of God. The spirit of God works in redemption. The Lord Jesus Christ works in redemption, and they work simultaneously in the salvific process Of salvation, Uh, how do we overcome temptation? Number two, we should expect temptation because Jesus Himself was tempted by the devil. We should expect temptation because Jesus Himself was tempted by the devil, which means that no one is exempt from temptation. Satan tempted Jesus. God, who was God in living flesh, God in real flesh, He was flesh and blood. Jesus was tempted. We are children of the Lord Jesus Christ. We too will be tempted. Satan's aim is to disqualify us from service. Uh, Matthew chapter 4 verse 1 says, Then Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. Beloved, Jesus himself was tempted. Therefore, we should not expect to live in this world and not be tempted by the world the flesh, and the devil, and not be tempted by the world, the flesh, and the devil. It is impossible to live in this world and not be tempted. Impossible. Impossible. Number three, how do we overcome temptation? Be mindful. Even when we possess salvation, we must realize we still have an enemy within Be mindful. Even when we possess salvation, we must realize that we have an enemy within. You say, what is that enemy? It is the old sinful Adamic flesh. Galatians chapter 5 verse 17 says, for the desires of the flesh are against the spirit and the desires of the spirit are against the flesh. Look at that. For these are opposed to each other. To keep you from doing the things you want to do. So so there's an inner war once you become saved. Now those who are not saved, they don't have a war. They're given over to their flesh, the devil, the world, and everything else. When we receive Christ as our personal savior, we have the nature of God at that moment living within us to battle our old sinful nature. When we get born again, that old nature does not leave your body. It won't happen until you die, until we're raptured out of this world system. God's spirit, listen, God's spirit and our flesh are perpetually at war with one another. Did you get that? God's spirit and our flesh are at perpetual war with each other, there's an inward struggle going on within you, and we'll continue to be at war until we are taken home to heaven. That war begins the moment we get saved. Then you're fighting against that old Adamic nature that wants to pull you back into sin. You're fighting against this world system that wants to captivate you. And you're fighting against Satan who wants to destroy you. So you got to make up your mind to follow Jesus. You can't have one foot in Satan's camp and one foot in the Lord's camp and think you're going to make some headway. (laughs) Number four, we can have confidence when tempted by Satan, knowing that God, knowing that the God who lives within us is greater than any temptation that comes against us. We can have confidence. Say confidence. We can have confidence when tempted by Satan, our enemy, knowing that the God who lives within us is greater than any temptation that comes against us. First John four, four, first John chapter four, verse four says, little children, you are from God and have overcome them for he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. Be mindful. The God who lives in you, who is the Holy Spirit, is greater than anything that Satan and this world can use against you to tempt you to sin. Our God is greater. Our God is greater than lust. Our God is greater than pornography. Our God is greater than lies. Our God is greater than pride. Huh? Our God is greater than Ouija boys and greater than witchcraft and greater than idolatry. God is greater than anything that can come against us. He's greater than gambling. He's greater than prostituting. He's greater than drugs. He's a great God. A great God. There is none like him. Put your hope and trust in him. And watch him work through you as you depend on him alone. And nothing in this world can save you apart from Christ. Number five. We overcome temptation when we take it seriously. We overcome temptation when we take temptation seriously. Galatians chapter 6 verse 1b says, but watch yourselves. Hey, watch yourself. Uh, Examine yourself. Search yourself. Examine yourself. Be alert. But watch yourselves or or you also may be tempted. If you're going to take temptation seriously, say seriously. Seriously. Say a little bit louder. If you're going to take temptation seriously, you need to be alert. If you're going to take temptation seriously, you need to be on guard. If you're going to Uh, Take temptation seriously. You need to watch yourself. Examine yourself. And not become negligent lest you fall prey to temptation. Watch out. When tempted, look ahead. And see the negative consequences of sin. That's how you handle temptation. When tempted, look ahead. Hey, where is is this temptation leading me? Where is this temptation leading me? Taking me. What does Satan wants to do with me through this temptation? Yeah. When tempted, look ahead and see the negative consequences of sin, which will serve as a deterrent to temptation. When you start looking at the negative consequences, you start running. <laughs> Proverbs chapter 14, verse 12 says, there is a way that seems right to a man, but its end is the way of death. Yielding To temptation can even kill you. And that's what Satan's his aim and purpose really is. He wants to absolutely wipe you out, to destroy you. What helps us resist temptation is to ask ourselves, what will be the consequences if I yield to this temptation? What would be be the consequences? What's gonna happen to me if I yield to, to temptation? Uh, not taking temptation seriously can cause you to lose your testimony. Not taking temptation seriously can cause you to lose your character. Not taking temptation seriously can cause you to lose your family. Not taking temptation seriously can cause you to lose your ministry. And not taking temptation seriously can cause you to lose your reward. You and I had better take temptation seriously. Be alert. Watch out. Number six, if believers are not alert and prayerful, if believers are not alert and prayerful, we will yield to temptation. If we're not alert and if we're not prayerful, we will yield to temptation. Matthew 26, 41 says, watch and pray. Watch, watch, watch. Watch and pray that you may not enter into temptation. Prayer, praying to God, and depending on God, keeps you from succumbing to temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is what? Weak. Flesh is weak. You said, what are you saying about this? When the scripture says the flesh is weak, listen to me closely. I did a little more study on this. Um, It means that it desires to repress our willingness to serve and obey God. When the scripture says the flesh is weak, it means that it desires to repress our willingness to serve and obey God and also prevents us from carrying out the very thing that God is calling us to do. You see? Let me just say it again. I know I see you writing. It means the flesh is weak. It means that it desires, the flesh desires to repress our willingness to serve and obey God and also prevent us from carrying out the very things that God is calling us to do. Prayer helps believers to stay alert. Prayer helps believers to be cautious. Prayer helps believers to be vigilant in the midst of temptation. It also helps us to resist the pull of unredeemed flesh that lives and resides within us which is weak and susceptible to temptation if it is not restrained. That's why we need the word of God. The word of God restrains our carnality, restrains our fleshly desires, restrains that old Adamic nature. Number seven, when tempted, be mindful that God is holy and will not tempt, will not tempt anyone to do evil. When tempted, be mindful that God is Holy. And will not tempt anyone to do evil. James chapter 1 verse 13 says, let no one say when he is tempted, I am being tempted by God. God is making me do this. You're lying on God. For God cannot be tempted with evil. And he himself tempts no one. Look at that. Underline that. He himself. God himself tempts no one to sin. Because God is perfectly holy. 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 Holy, one of the attributes of our God. Remember that the Lord is holy. Leviticus 19, chapter 19, verse 2b says, you shall be holy for I am holy. For I, the Lord, your God, am holy. Beloved, to blame God. Listen to this now, because you hear it all the time. When I listen, I cringe when I hear it on television, radio, social media, wherever. I cringe about people who just don't know any better, even in ignorance. Uh, To blame God for the atrocities and the evil committed by people. And even natural disasters where people are destroyed or homes are taken away and properties lost. He said, why does God do this to me why did what why, why, why did I do wrong for all this to come against me God, God, God unify you, you God that is an affront to the character of God my friend it is impossible for a holy God to do evil God did not bring sin into the world Adam and Eve brought sin into the world when they rebelled against the word of God being deceived by the devil. It's not it all starts back in the garden. And that's why you don't, many don't go back and read Genesis because Genesis is so critical to the Christian life. You need to read the first 11 chapters of Genesis and you see how it all started. And then you, and it goes from there to the patriarchs, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and Joseph, and so forth and so on. It all starts there in the
1: garden. is all-knowing, all-powerful, and everywhere present. Nothing catches him by surprise. He is always ready, willing, and able to hear us, answer our prayers, and sustain us. When we call upon the Lord, Satan will flee, because he and his limited power can in no way stand in the presence of our power source. If you enjoy this kind of biblical teaching or would like to hear this message in its entirety. Please visit www.maranathasa.org where you will find an archive of audio messages, service times, directions to the church, upcoming events, and much more. Maranatha Bible Church is located directly at 7855 East Loop 1604 North in Converse, Texas, 78109, directly across from Randolph Air Force Base.